This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Week zero of the college football season is in the books. The real opening week is set to happen this upcoming Labor Day weekend. And I have one of the best in the business joining me this evening to discuss this upcoming college football season. And that is Mr. Dane Brugler of The Athletic. Dane, welcome back to the Saturday Sunday Football Podcast. Thank you, Paul. How are you, Ben? Very good. It's it's an exciting time. NFL season set to kick off. College football, that little appetizer of last week kind of, uh, you know, got the, you know, got us a little excited, but really looking forward to this upcoming weekend. Uh, I'm sure most of my listeners here are, are fans of your work and what you do over there at The Athletic and the preview uh, articles you, you've been putting out all summer. So kind of wanted to have you on, pick your brain a little bit about this upcoming, you know, uh, draft eligible class, we'll say, because obviously we'll be talking about a lot about underclassmen who are draft eligible. And let's start right at the quarterback position, because I think the narrative is obviously much stronger year next year than this year. When you look big picture right now, how many of these guys do you think we could be talking about next year in that mix of first round picks, maybe even top 10, top 15 picks? Do you have a number in mind of where you think this could be headed possibly? Uh, right now, I'd probably say three or four. Um, you know, yeah, anything was going to be an upgrade over <laughs> what we had this past year. Uh, one quarterback in the top 73 picks. So, you know, I, I think anything would have been an upgrade, but we actually have a, a chance to have a really special class. Uh, you know, at the top, Bryce Young out of Alabama, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, depending on, you know, whatever order you have. Uh, it, two really interesting quarterbacks. Uh, Will Levis from Kentucky, the top senior this year. So much talent with, with Will Levis. Now, you know, what can he do as a senior with a new coaching, uh, offensive coaching staff? How does that work out? And then I, the biggest wild card of them all is Anthony Richardson over at, at Florida. I mean, just a freak show of a quarterback. I mean, he looks like a linebacker. I mean, physically built the way he, he looks like a linebacker. He, he runs like a linebacker, too. And he's got a cannon for an arm. It's just what does his development look like this year? Uh, you know, can he come in and, and make the strides that you want to see that – you know, he could be a top 10 type of guy. I mean, it will time that, that's going to play itself out. And it's going to start against Utah this weekend, which would be a lot of fun watching him against that defense. But, you know, CJ Stroud, um, it, watching him last year mature each and every week uh, was a lot of fun. I mean, culminating in that historic Rose Bowl performance that he had. Um, and, you know, he didn't have Chris Olave in that game, he didn't have Garrett Wilson in that game. Uh, but, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. and the, the uh, amazing wide receiver depth chart they have uh, o- over there in Columbus. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud, this season is going to be all about figuring, okay, what is his ceiling at the next level? You know, what, what, he's a really good quarterback. There's no question. He's accurate. He can layer the football. Uh, he's a smart, poised player. But what is his ceiling? Because he, he doesn't have a, 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 you know, his arm is good, not great. Um, you know, he's a good uh, athlete, but I wouldn't call him necessarily a, a mobile uh, guy. He doesn't rely on his legs uh, to to go out there and make plays for him. So, you know, what is his ceiling at the next level? I, I think that's what we're going to figure out this season. And then Bryce Young coming off, you know, winning the Heisman last year. 
the size concerns are going to follow him uh, you know, regardless. He's under six foot. He's about 5'11". He's under 200 pounds. And that's what really makes him an outlier. Uh, you know, this isn't, you know, Kyler Murray was short, but he wasn't small. I mean, he is a pretty uh, you know, built guy. Uh, Russell Wilson, same deal. I mean, he's short, but not small. Bryce Young is short and small. And that that's what makes him an outlier. Uh, but the poise, the processing, really, really impressive. He's a problem solver at quarterback. He makes it happen. And so uh, both these guys, Stroud and Bryce Young, have a, a really impressive cast around them. Uh, but you can't really count that against them. It's not, you know, it's not their fault, but they're still making things happen with, uh, with what they have. So, uh, this quarterback class is going to be a lot of fun to track this year. Um, and you know, there's always a few surprises, you know, Zach Wilson, we weren't talking about him, uh, you know, before the season two years ago, uh, Joe Burrow, you know, Pickett last year, uh, was a draftable player, but not a first round pick, uh, last August. So, you know, are we going to have a guy like that this year who maybe is surprises, uh, th- that's going to be a really intriguing part uh, of this quarterback class. Yeah, and, and I think you brought up some really great points there. And what's really interesting is the NFL, the guys next year, Stroud and Young, don't profile of what we've seen NFL teams gravitating towards recently of that dual threat, more athletic. So it's going to be really fascinating. Like their athleticism, especially Stroud, is more of like Mac Jones-ish, give or take, like in terms of like, you know, like, and we and we know Mac Jones, there was a lot of people, some like, some didn't. So it's going to be interesting if those guys get pushed all the way up because the guys who have mostly won from the pocket have not panned out, right, over, and I'm sure it's for a variety of reasons, not only because of that, but Dwayne Haskins and Josh Rosen and even Sam Darnold, that list is, is kind of been large over the last couple of years. So it's going to be interesting to see what the NFL thinks of these guys are more guys who are just going to win the pocket. They're not Justin Fields. They're not Trey Lance. So it's going to be really interesting. And you brought up Anthony Richardson. I did my quarterback preview show a couple of weeks ago. I said he's part Cam Newton, part Dante Culpepper, raw tools, part Josh Allen. We'll see if he can put it all together. Like you said, I said, and I'm interested to see if this is would be the one. If you were going to pick one guy who could leapfrog Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, because I don't think we're going to see a repeat of last year where Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler were the guys we all thought were going to be there at the top, and obviously mm-hmm. that didn't pan out. I don't think anyone thinks C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young are going to go in that direction. But if somebody was going to leapfrog them, would it be Anthony Richardson in your mind if you put it all together? Or could it be Levis or Van Dyke or, or somebody else? Or do you think if someone was to put it all together – to leapfrog those, uh, you know, Alabama and Ohio State guys, would it be Richardson if possible? Oh, I mean, yeah, you have to say Richardson because the guy's a freak show. I mean, he for a guy that big to move like he does, have have a, a, the the arm that he does, um, and it's just all about his development. I, I was encouraged by watching him later in the season last year. Watch, you know, watch the Florida State tape, which is later on uh, on the calendar. Uh, you know, he he was showing improvements, and this is for an offense that. Uh, I just wasn't getting a lot of help uh, in that offense. And so uh, with a new staff, new coaching staff, there's going to be a lot of interesting layers to this. You know, what is his development? And like I said, it's starting week one against Utah, a a, a really tough defense. Uh, Clark Phillips, one of the better corners in the the country, uh, will be trying to cover some of those tall trees they have in that Florida wide receiver depth chart, which will be a lot of fun to watch. But, you know, Anthony Richardson has all the talent to – uh, you know, really ascend and, and uh, be a guy that you fall in love with what the possibilities, what he could be, but he needs to take some big strides this year. He's capable of doing it. We just need to see it now on the film. Yeah. And you know, here in New York, he's already the guy that 
is generating some attention of Brian Dable, Joe Shane, if they were picking high and maybe not all the way up at Stroud and Young, but a little bit after. He's already the guy that's kind of being talked about of if things and, and Joe, Daniel Jones struggles, he could be a guy, Richardson, that could intrigue this coaching staff, this regime. So I know it's something that's going to be talked a lot about up here, you know, in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really interesting to kind of see what happens there. Uh, with Richardson and the rest of that quarterback class. Let's kind of transition over to the running backs. And when you scouted and watch B. John Robinson, obviously he's got a whole nother year at least of, of development and, and growth. Do you put him, I, you know, I don't want to speak for you, was Saquon one of the highest rated running backs you've ever had? Was he the highest? Do you think B. John is on that level in terms of his college you know, you know, pedigree right now or what he could be in terms of that, like on Ezekiel Elliott. Like, do you think B. John is on that level of those guys? He might not go as high because the NFL, you know, in terms Mm of positional value, but do you think talent-wise going into what most likely will be his final season, do you put him at that level in terms of your scouting? Yeah, you know, it's hard. uh, But I do think that – a lot of the things that we were saying about Ezekiel Elliott uh, as a prospect, I think we're, you know, copy and paste, we're going to be saying about Bijan Robinson, uh, you know, a guy that can do everything in terms of running the football uh, as a receiver out of the backfield. Uh, and Robinson was, I was really impressed with him. Uh, you know, hitches, angle routes, uh, they, they'd line him up in the slot. Uh, look for Bijan Robinson to be more, uh, you know, out of the backfield this, this year. Um, but what you love the most about his film is his ability to force missed tackles. And he does it with elusiveness. He can make you miss. He does it with power. He'll go right through you. And, that, and that's what he, you know, he consistently puts safeties in conflict because of that. He can accelerate in a blink. He's got those twitchy uh, lower body reflexes so that he could be a one cut and go break ankles with those sharp cuts. But he could also use his physicality and go right through you keep his balance through contact. So his ability to consistently make the first guy miss and then create conflict for the safeties at the second level, that's what stands out the most with Bajon Robinson, uh, especially in that zone-heavy scheme they run with uh, Coach Sark uh, down there in Austin. Um, if they get any consistency from the quarterback position, Bajon Robinson is going to just explode because uh, he's just too, too talented of a player. And so um, hopefully he stays healthy. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly where he ranks in terms of, you know, the running backs of the last five, six years, the running back prospects. But like I said, I, I, I do think we're going to say a lot of the same things about him that we said about Zeke coming out. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he's a guy who even some of the things that people want to nitpick, I think there'll be some of the same nitpicks that people found about Saquon. Maybe he looks to kick it outside too quickly, you know, maybe he's trying to do too much. Maybe because that Texas, you know, offense hasn't been as good as I think they're expected to be this year. So it's going to be interesting. Last year we saw Kenneth Walker kind of close the gap on Brees Hall, right? He kind of came out of nowhere a little bit and, and closed that gap. This year, if there's another running back or two who kind of maybe closes the gap on Bijan, look, being looked at as the clear top guy do you have a name or two in mind who could be like this year's Kenneth Walker in terms of rising up and closing the gap between what was perceived as Brees Hall was clearly the guy and then Kenneth Walker came up is there a couple names this year from the running back class that could do that with you know following Bijan I had four running backs in my top 50 um which you can find on the athletic I I just came out last week with my preseason top 50 draft board and I, I was kind of surprised that I did have four running backs on there. Bajan Robinson was first. Zach Evans was next. Uh, the TCU transfer, now at Ole Miss. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a 
big part of what they do there with the Rebels. I mean, it's Lane Kiffin's whole offensive philosophy is let's get the ball in our best players' hands. And so, you know, we saw that with Elijah Moore. We saw that, uh, you know, last year with Corral. Uh, it, now it's going to be Evans, and it's going to be a chance for him to really explode and show that he is a potential first-round pick. Um, J- Jamar Gibbs, uh, seeing him in that Alabama offense will be a lot of fun. Um, he, in a substandard uh, Georgia Tech offensive line, he was outstanding last year on tape. And so uh, and I, I think I liked him best as a receiver. The biggest thing with him is going to be, okay, he's, what, 200 pounds. You know, what? who is he compared to? Even, you know, can he get to 210? Can he get a little bit bigger and be that Alvin Kamara type of back? So, I mean, there's a lot of intriguing backs in this class. I think if, you know, if there's going to be a guy that um, – could be a Kenny Walker and come out of nowhere and, you know, maybe surprise some people. A name to keep on the radar is Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. Um, you know, some people know who he is. Uh, you know, he, he's a, a really talented player, but there's a lot of buzz with scouts on, on, on McIntosh and what he could be. Um, so if, uh, and we know that Georgia offense, they, they want to establish the run. Um, you know, James Cook is gone. Samir White is gone. Uh, this is uh, McIntosh's turn to, uh, you know, be the guy. And so if there's going to be a running back that uh, not comes out of nowhere, but maybe surprises some people with how good he is and how high he could be ranked, uh, you know, look at that Georgia backfield. they got some good runners back there. Yeah, McIntosh is a guy I talked about a couple episodes ago. Him and uh, Rayshon Johnson, you know, Bijan's yeah. running mate there, were guys intrigued me. You brought up Jamar, Jameer Gibbs. The guy that I said he reminded me a little bit of, and the size frame is, is about equal, is I think he could be a very Austin Eckler-like type player, especially mm-hmm. with how good his receiving capabilities. Eckler's about 200 pounds. That's kind of where Gibbs – Eckler's kind of morphed into this guy who's carried a really, really heavy workload in, in the NFL. Not really sure the Chargers ideally want that, but they've kind of mm-hmm. they've kind of been forced to do that over the last couple of years uh, another running back I want to bring up and I know like in the circle I run it, it at times turns a little bit too more too much uh, to fantasy for my liking but Devin a chain like mm-hmm. to me he is one of the guys when I watch like you're looking for special traits you know when I watch this I'm looking for guys that have special traits like when I watch him play like to me he's like part Chris Johnson part James Cook who I loved last year you know do you think the NFL when they're looking for offensive weapons and playmakers will like a chain or will they be overly concerned about the size and frame? And could he do anything about that, you know, this year and show maybe that he could handle a heavier workload that maybe minimizes some of those concerns. Well, and that's what I'm, I'm really interested to see what his role is going to be this year with, with Isaiah Spiller, obviously now in the NFL, uh, you know, what does it look like uh, for that Texas A&M offense? Because this is, you just, you want to get him touches. There's no doubt about it. His speed is instant. Uh, and we saw it this past spring when he was running track for the Aggies and ran a sub 11 second, uh, 100 meters. I and mean, this guy is, uh, you could do so many things with him. And you talk to the coaches about him, they just, they rave about how smart he is. They rave about how competitive he is. So I, I think this is a guy that's more than just has track speed. Um, you know, that, that's, that's his, you know, what he does best. That, that's what's going to make him. Uh, you know, that's, that's the special that he has in his, in his arsenal, but he's more than that. And I think that we're going to see that this year. And that's why, uh, HA, uh, made my top 50, uh, because even though he is, you know, probably 190 pounds, uh, even though he's a little unproven in terms of workload and, and what his role is exactly going to be, 
that that speed is so special that uh, NFL teams they want guys that could be home run hitter. Hn could be that, and it's going to be fun to watch his uh, maturation play out this year. Yeah, those are you know Hn. I think that's going to be fun to kind of see. Like you said, does somebody step in and fill that spiller void, or does more of the workload go towards Hn? Not obviously right. all of it. It's gonna be, it's going to be fun to watch that. Uh, two final other running backs. Quick takes on Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. I felt like Bigsby last year didn't look as good as his freshman year, but I think he has a complete package. And then when I watch Sean Tucker, he reminded me so much of like a young Maurice Jones-Drew. I, I, just the way he he kind of loaded the ground, really strong and physical, but that got that speed. Uh, what do you think about Tucker and, and Bigsby? Really like Tucker. Uh, I, I mean, that that Syracuse offense watching on tape, I mean, he was he was a lot of fun. He, the run tempo, um, he's he's compactly built. Uh, he he's I expected a smaller guy just looking at the the raw numbers. I mean, I don't know if he's listed at 210 maybe, um, but he he looks built. I mean, he he's his muscles have muscles. I mean, so this guy has uh, so a build to him that you want to see. Uh, but and he runs really well between the tackles. I think he's instinctive. He has vision. He anticipates blocks really well. And then once he gets gets past that first wave, he can hit the the burners and, and good luck catching him. So Sean Tucker, I, I really liked. He didn't make like top fifty, but I mean he he was my next best running back, my fifth running back. Um, I, I like him a lot. Tank Bigsby, uh, you know, I, I thought he was better as a freshman than when we what he put on tape last year. Um, you know, looking for a bounce back year from him, but. He can make guys miss. He can. Uh, there's a lot of things you could do with Tank Bigsby. So you know he's. Uh, this is just going to be one of those running back years where it's a, it's going to be a strong group, and we might see a handful of guys really contend for, to be somewhere in the first two rounds. Yeah, I, I think I think you're going to see maybe more running backs, like you said, go early this year that, than we're kind of used to. Let's turn this to the pass catchers. I actually want to start with the tight ends because I'm really fascinated by this tight end class. So we'll talk about a couple at the top. Arik Gilbert, Michael Mayer, and then, you know, I was very unfamiliar with until, you know, I was reading your work to to go watch Tucker Craft, and he really surprised me. So let's first start with Gilbert and Mayer. I, I came on air a couple weeks ago and said, I think the NFL, if Gilbert puts it all together, could look at him not that all that different than what they did Kyle Pitts. And I think a guy like Michael yeah. Mayer might be more of a guy like TJ Hawkinson, Pat Fryermuth, somewhere in between there, maybe go round one, maybe not as high as Hawkinson, higher than Fryermuth. What do you think about those two guys? Do you think if Gilbert is on the straighten path of whatever was going on last year, the NFL could think of highly as him as they thought of Pitts? I, he's not quite Kyle Pitts as an athlete, but whatever that tier below Pitts is, I mean, he's right there. I mean, he, in terms of being a big time athlete on the football field, he, he does things that, you know, is not normal for a guy that size. I mean, and he's, he might even be a better blocker than Pitts was because he is legit uh, in terms of size. I mean, 250 pounds, he's got some power to him. Watching him two years ago as a freshman at LSU was really, really uh, impressive. So uh, I, what does it look like this year? Uh, I mean, that Georgia tight end depth chart is bonkers. <laughs> and and the, the best guy on that tight end depth chart, probably not even uh, draft eligible, uh, Bowers. Uh, but with Washington, and who's uh, another guy that belongs to, in the mix, uh, but Eric Gilbert is a free show. And if he's plays up to his potential, he is the easy tight end one in this class. Easy. 
But it's a big if. You know, can he re- play up to that level on a consistent basis? Can he uh, stay on the football field first and foremost? So there's a lot of variables going on with a player like this. But if everything hits and he reaches his potential, easy tight end one, uh, easy top 10 pick in this class. He is that talented. Yeah. And then if there was one thing that would give you even the slightest pause of saying why Mayer wouldn't be a top 10 pick, is it just the speed or the athleticism or is there something else in his game that maybe you can find that like he, he would have to show some more growth and development there or just the strength of this class might keep him out of being that high? No, I think with, with Mayer, he, he's a really good player. And he's a good athlete. He's just not a great athlete. And, yeah. you know, that that's okay. Uh, but, you know, I think I, I, I want to see him sustain a little bit better in the run game. Uh, I mean, he's really physical at the point of attack. But I, I want to see him just, uh, you know, he starts really strong, but then he wears down pretty quickly. So I want to see him sustain a little bit better. And then I, I just want to see more broken tackles from him. Um, you know, I, I think that. I really like his transitions uh, as a route runner. He does a really nice job with that. So he can get open, work the seam. Uh, but then after the catch, I want to see a little bit more. Uh, I think he has it in him. Uh, you know, he's that big seam target, but I want to see him break some tackles, make some more, you know, create those yak plays. Uh, that's something that I think could really help him in the eyes of NFL evaluators who, you know, considering him as a potential first round pick. Yeah, and I think I think there's a good chance that we see both of them go. And then the third tight end I want to bring up, I don't know if it's because it's South Dakota State. I don't know, same college. I, I saw a lot of what I liked about Dallas Goddard a couple mm-hmm. years back. Do you, do you think that's an apt comparison? Is, is there things that this year, you know, could craft in the NFL eyes, you think, catapult himself to be tight end free in this? Do you think that's where this might be headed? Does he have something to prove? Is it not going to be till the combine because, you know, we're playing at a, a smaller level? What does he have to do to be tight end free, you think, down the line? Well, it starts this weekend. Uh, South Dakota State is playing in Ames uh, against the Hawkeyes. And so putting quality tape against a good opponent, uh, putting that on tape for scouts, that's going to be really important for Tucker Craft. And look, Scouts know about this guy. You know, they, his quarterback and running back were both drafted last year. So <clears throat> scouts saw plenty of that. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, they saw plenty of that South Dakota State offense. So, uh, you know, it's not like this is a big surprise, but I think, you know, I, I had him use, what, number 35 overall, my top 50, my third tight end. I think he's that good. And now it's just a, ba- a matter of can he get enough help from the offense around him that he can show that off to NFL scouts. Uh, you know, he, he's uh, a guy that can create after the catch. He's really strong. Uh, he, he broke the team's uh, uh, power clean record uh, in the weight room. So this is a guy that has speed. He has the strength. Uh, he catches the ball really well. Um, I, he has it all. I mean, this, and it's a South Dakota native who just, you know, went overlooked as a, as a recruit. Went to the local school and is a little bit of a late bloomer, and now he's blowing up. So he, he's a big-time talent. Yeah, I, I think when I watched him, I was surprised because he was not a guy that I had I was I was familiar with. And then I was like, wow, like this guy's better than the other tight ends uh, that I've been watching for from this draft class, not named Gilbert and Mayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I think he's going to safely be if all goes well up there over to those other guys, you know that that are good prospects. I just I just don't think they're guys who you'll see go as high as Kraft and the other two. Let's finish this out with a, a little bit of wide receiver talk here. Jackson Smith and the Jigba, you know, Keishan Boutte out of LSU, they they tend to be the top of most people's ranks right now. Do you have a clear preference? And is it because of upside more than, 
you know, maybe unknown a little bit with Smith and the Jigba in terms of his ability to play outside. How do you, how do you see those two guys and, and, and what do you think could happen this year that maybe impacts, you know, what the NFL views them as? Yeah. And these are two really good players uh, with some question marks. Um, and, you know, I think, the last few years, we've had receivers that we consider top 10 guys. You know, it's whether it's a Jamar Chase. You know, I consider Garrett Wilson a top 10 guy last year. This year, I don't know that we really have that. I, I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. But, you know, he's not an elite athlete. Uh, probably going to run the four fives. Um, you know, it, there's a lot to like about him. I think he's a first-round pick. I think he's going to be a really good pro. But in terms of being a no-brainer top 10 pick, I don't think he's just – he's not on that level. And I don't think Keyshawn Boutte is either, especially when you consider – coming off an injury, coming off some inconsistencies, uh, butted heads with the coaching staff a little bit, but they just awarded him that number seven jersey uh, in that LSU offense uh, that's being one of the best players on the roster. Um, and I, the maturation that the coaches say that he has uh, you know, undergone, it's it's something that we, I want to see it on film now. You know, he's got a big opening game against Florida State, so it'll be fun to see Boutte back on the field. And we know Jackson Smith the Jig was going to put up put up point or put up uh, uh, his production with uh, CJ Stroud throwing the football, even with a crowded wide receiver depth chart. He had what ninety six catches last year with two top twelve picks at receiver uh, on that offense. So Jackson Smith the Jig is going to put up a ton of receiver production this year, and I, I think he's going to be a first round pick. It's just it's hard to uh, kind of anoint him as being a, a clear top ten guy like some of these other receivers we've had. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I was talking about these wide receivers a couple episodes ago, I kind of had it as those two guys are going to be talked about a lot together. I think Josh Downs and Jordan Addison, based on their size and frame, going to be talked pretty similarly. And then I think the two wild cards, the ones who can make the biggest jump this year, is Quinton Johnston out of TCU and Jermaine Burden now transferring, uh, you know, from Georgia to Alabama. Is there... Do you think the ceiling for Johnston and Burden, if they hit, could be that they catapult themselves to make the top of this wide receiver class? Four, four names that are mixed in the mix for top 20 or top 25. Would, be, would those be the two guys that could, could make that jump, in your opinion? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Quentin Johnson fan. I mean, he's a tall, lean, flexible athlete. He's got some springs in his legs. Uh, he, the way he can find the ball and then time his leaps, really impressive. Uh, he can leverage coverage and create that vertical runway. Uh, he finds yards after catch, whether it's breaking tackles, avoiding contact. So uh, there's just a lot to like with Quentin Johnson. I think he, he, it's easy to overlook him in that TCU offense. Uh, you know, the inconsistencies they have at quarterback. But uh, Quentin Johnson is a big-time talent who could absolutely be a first-round pick. Uh, I think he was a top 30 player for me uh, on my on my early draft board. Um, I, you know, we'll see where he ends up. And then Jermaine Burton, you know, transferring to Alabama from Georgia. I, another guy that has all the talent, has everything. He just, you know, stay healthy, stay on the field first and foremost. And then, uh, you know, just show what you can do because the talent's there. So, I mean, this wide receiver class is, is really interesting because, you know, the last two years we've had, you know, five-plus receivers drafted in the first round this year. Uh, you know, let's say, you know, Boutte and Smith and Jigba go first round. And then after that, it's, you know, okay, Quentin Johnson has a good chance. Do we get to five again? You know, do we get, uh, does Jordan Addison get in there, even though he's not the biggest guy? He's he's someone that, uh, you know, there's some questions about. And, you know, can Jermaine Burton get that high? Uh, can one of these seniors, uh, you know, whether it's uh, Tillman uh, at, uh, at Tennessee or uh, A.T. Perry at, at Wake Forest, 
Uh, I'm a big Rasheed Rice fan from SMU. You know, is there a senior that could potentially get up there? So it's a really, uh, I think, interesting wide receiver class because these guys are going to be jockeying for position all the way uh, through the draft process. Yeah, and, you know, a decent amount of significant transfers, right? We talked about a couple, you know, Tyler Harrell going to Alabama, too. He could put up some monster numbers in the NFL. We know love speed. So it's going to be fun to kind of monitor this progress and, and see the ebbs and flows of this year. Dane, thank you so much for hopping on. I know busy time of the year. College football season really kicking into high gear. I'm sure most of my audience here at Saturday Sunday is following you and your work over at The Athletic, but please – let them know where to find you on Twitter. If there's anything that you kind of want to promote from the athletic or anything else you got going on, please do. Well, I, I appreciate that. No, this is my pleasure. I, it's uh, any time I have a chance to, to hop on with you, I make sure and take advantage of that. Uh, you know, it, you can find all my stuff on the athletic. Um, I, I've got my weekly draft watch article coming out on Thursdays. Um, you know, try, trying to pack in as much NFL draft buzz as I can in there. Um, and then, uh, you know, make sure you have your subscription for when the, the draft guy comes out next, uh, next April. It's, it's a must have if you, if you like the draft at all. So no, I really appreciate it, Paul. Yeah. And guys, you've heard me say it before you've seen, you've heard me tweet it just for Dane's work and the draft guide, you know, in April, that is worth the athletic subscription. Even if you had access to no other articles or anything. So make sure you're checking it out, supporting all the great uh, writers over there, over at the athletic, including Dane. Uh, you will not be disappointed. So, on behalf of Dave, on uh, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, on behalf of Dane and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.